Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. My father uh, passed away in November. He was a great, great man. He impacted me and my brother and my sister and my mom, our whole family, and so many people around him in, in so many ways that can't even be measured. This last Monday was his birthday. He would have been 85, but Parkinson's cut his years short. And so I went to Raleigh and drove with my mom up to Caswell County, about an hour away from Raleigh. And we went to visit his graveside and to take some flowers. And my mom and I spent some, some time walking around that old cemetery full of her family and her friends. And she told me all kinds of stories about all of these people, some of whom I remembered and a lot of whom I didn't remember. Some of them had long and healthy lives, and, and some of them were like 40 when they died, or 19, or even three when they died. She told me their stories, and then we went and we drove through the little town she grew up in, Yanceyville. And she told me a lot of stories about her growing up and what life was like there, how she roller skated all over that little town, and, and how she got in trouble one time because she accidentally skipped school one day, and a bunch of other stories about the people and life there back in like the 1940s and 50s. And it's a wild thought that my mom knows stories about these people that maybe only a few people around still know. Maybe no one else knows these stories, but many of them were people of great impact in their community, to their families, whether you know their names or not. So it got me thinking, what story do you want to tell with your life? Like, what story do I want to tell with my life? It's, it's not about who remembers you when you're gone. It's not about whether someone's gonna write a book about you or something's gonna be named after you or not. For most of us, that's not gonna happen. That kind of stuff has nothing to do with living a story that's worth telling. The question is, will you make decisions with your life that you're proud of? Or at the end of it all, is there a big chunk of your, your life you would just rather not tell anybody about? My dad, told a great story with his life, a story of love and family and laughter, of a beautiful marriage and of sacrifice. And that visit got me thinking that life is short. What story do you wanna tell with your life? What do you want your life to be marked by? I think we'd all say we wanna live a life of courage. Now, we, we don't really get to control what other people say about us, do we? What we really have in front of us are decisions. The individual decisions that, that when they're added together, they make up a, a life. Life is, after all, a series of decisions, and, and how you end up making decisions will determine the story of your life. Um, some of you know that I've written some fiction books. I'm working on one now, and, and basically when you boil it down, writing is about making decisions. Who's, who's this character gonna be? What are they gonna do? What motivates them, all those things lead to decisions that they make that end up after a bunch of chapters telling a story. And hopefully it's a compelling story that you wanna read, but, but some of those are and some of those aren't. What's the difference for us in an ordinary life or an extraordinary life? I think it's the ability to make courageous decisions. So if you wanna know the bottom line today in this message, it's this. A single act of courage is often the catalyst for the extraordinary. 
Telling a great story rather than just an okay story or even a story that you regret can start with a single decision. Most great things that have happened in families or in churches or in communities or even in nations started because one person had the courage to step out in faith. One person had the courage to step out on a different path, to try something new, to respond to God's calling with with boldness, to take a risk. Great stories happen because at the beginning, somebody somewhere stands up and they make a courageous decision. That's exactly how the church, the early church grew and became completely irresistible to the culture around it. That's the name of the series that we're in right now called Irresistible. We're looking at how the church can become truly irresistible to our world. Jesus was crucified. The followers claimed that he rose from the dead. He appeared to a bunch of people and he gave them some final commands and encouragement. And then he was taken up into heaven. One of the pieces of evidence that we have of the resurrection that I shared on Easter Sunday a couple of weeks ago is that we can be confident that it happened because we're still here. The church is still alive, it still exists. And the reason it exists is because the first disciples, those earliest followers of Jesus, were visited after the resurrection by Jesus himself. They believed that it was true. They saw him die, they saw him alive again, and they were convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead. They didn't go back to their jobs. They didn't start fishing again. They didn't fall back and falter back into their old lives. They made a choice, a decision based on the evidence that they saw in front of them. They made the most logical decision that they could make. They decided to turn their entire lives over to Jesus. And they began to tell a story with their own lives full of faith and full of courage. What story do you want to tell? Now, Peter and John were two of those followers who, they began to go around the city, the same city where Jesus was crucified, and they preached that Jesus had risen. Two guys who didn't have any schooling, they weren't educated, they were from Galilee, they weren't even from around here. Like, you know how people in the big city sometimes look down on people who are from the small town? That's what was happening here. But Peter and John didn't care. They had seen what they had seen, and nothing was going to sway them. One day they walked by this man who was sitting at the temple gate and and he had been there for for years. And Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, tells us that he was lame from birth. He he asks for them to help him. And they tell him, I can't give you any money, but they, they do something better. They pray for him. And by the power of Jesus, this man's healed. And this shook everybody up because they all passed this guy by for years and years. And now suddenly he's up and walking around. And so Peter, who is never one to to shy away from a crowd, he stands up and he says these words. He says, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disown the holy and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. That's from Acts chapter three, strong words. Peter is such an in your face kind of guy. You handed him over to be killed. That is not a general like you, as in like you of all, all mankind. It is you who are in this room right now, the chief priests. The Sadducees, all the religious people, they they got upset about this. They took Peter and John, they arrested them, they had them held overnight. 
And the next day they met together and then they brought Peter and John in front of them. By what power or what name did you do this? They're talking about the healing of that man. So imagine what it would be like to address the Supreme Court. Without being able to prepare any of your words, can you imagine how intimidating that would be? That's what they were facing. So here's what happens. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. So Peter does it again. He says, you did this, you. But there's a purpose behind his truth telling. He goes on to say this, salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under, under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He's saying, I want you to be saved. You need to be saved. You're going to have a moment. I'm going to have a moment. You're going to have an opportunity soon, today, tomorrow, this week, this year, to write your story, to write another page of your story, to determine whether it's a story worth telling or it's a story that's too easily forgotten. Peter seizes his moment. It says this, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished that they took, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus, but since they, couldn't, could, they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they conferred together. What are we gonna do with these men, they ask. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they've performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it, but to stop this thing from spreading and further any among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. In other words, everybody can see what's happened. Everybody knows the guy who was healed that he couldn't walk and now he can. We can't hide that. We can't deny that, they were saying, but we have to stop this thing from spreading. And they were, they were trying to get their arms around a wildfire. And then it says they, they called them in again and they commanded Peter and John not to speak or to teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. For the man who was miraculously healed was over 40 years old, over 40. That's like old, right? Man, he was over 40. <laughs> but seriously, they didn't know what to do with him. When you make a courageous decision, whether it's in your family or it's at your job or you start something new or you decide to stick with something that seems like it's failing, whatever it is, there will be people around you who will question you. They won't understand you. They, will, they will tell you you're making a bad decision. They will try, try to get you to question what it is that you are doing. Stay focused. Stay focused on the result. Stick with it. Some of you need to develop selective listening skills. That there are some people that you just decide, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to take my relationship with God seriously. So I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to stop drinking. So I'm not going out with you guys 
anymore. I'm gonna start this thing that God has put in my heart to start, so I'm, I'm gonna ignore the thousand reasons why it's not gonna work. I'm not gonna give up on this marriage or this relationship or this team or this dream because it's hard and others are discouraging me. I'm gonna stick it out. I'm gonna invite her to church. I'm gonna talk about my faith with my friends. I'm, I'm not gonna take the easy road. I'm gonna make a courageous decision. Peter and John were released from jail that night. They were told not to speak about Jesus again and not come around to basically get lost. And they went back to the gathering of other believers and they prayed together. And what do you think they prayed for? God, like, keep us safe, protect us. Don't let anything bad happen to us. No, that's maybe what we would pray if we had a close call, right? God, whatever, whatever happens, would you please not ever let that happen again? That's what we would say. Here's what they prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And they turned around and they went back into Jerusalem and they continued to preach about Jesus and thousands upon thousands of people came to know Jesus personally, experienced his salvation and stepped into the new irresistible community of the church. All because they made a decision out of courage and conviction. They did something they, they knew would probably put them in harm's way. Their prayer wasn't God protect us, it was God give us courage. A single act of courage is often the catalyst for extraordinary. And this is often the difference in stories that are lived out well and stories that are not. A courageous decision that sets you on a different path. So what's the story you have to tell? What is it that you care so much about that you just have to make it into your story? What's the courageous decision that you need to make that, that if you did it, it would honor God and it would inspire people? Could I ask you right now to like actually write that down if you had to? Well, write it down. It could be as simple as, I'm gonna make church a priority for my family and me. It could be as simple as, I'm gonna make God a priority in my marriage. It could be as simple as, I'm gonna invite my friend to church. It could be as, as simple as I am gonna start being generous towards God with what he has given me. It could also be as powerful as I'm gonna get help. I'm gonna start something. I'm gonna stop something. I'm gonna tell someone. What's the story you have to tell? What's the courageous decision you need to make? A single act of courage can be the catalyst for you to tell an extraordinary story with your life. God, enable your servants to speak your word, to live out your word with great boldness. And when we do that together, it leads to an irresistible, a truly irresistible community. Let's pray. God, would you enable us as much as we wanna pray for protection alone, as much as we wanna just pray for our own safety, as much as we don't wanna get put in harm's way, God, even more, would you give us the desire for boldness? Would you give us a passion for the people around us that need to hear about you? Would you, God, give us boldness and courage so that when that day comes, where we are at the end of our days here, that we can look back 
Whether someone else remembers it or someone else writes about it or someone names something after us doesn't matter. God, that we can look back and know that we lived an extraordinary story, a story full of courage. And God, that as we became an active and growing part of your church, of your family, that you did something that people around us just couldn't resist. God, I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.